The Bible stands like a rock undaunted midst the raging storms of time. Its pages burn with the truth eternal, they glow with the light sublime. The Bible stands, though the hills may tumble, it will firmly stand. The earth shall crumble, I will plant my feet on its firm foundation for the Bible. The Bible stands like a mountain towering far above the works of men. Its truth by none ever was refuted and destroyed, yet they never the Bible stands, though the hills may tumble, it will firmly stand. The earth shall crumble, I will plant my feet on its firm foundation for the Bible. The Bible stands and it will forever when the world has passed away. By inspiration it has been given, all its precepts I will obey. The Bible stands, though the hills may tumble, it will firmly stand. When the earth shall crumble, I will plant my feet on its firm foundation for the Bible. The Bible stands, every test we give it, for its author is divine. By grace alone I expect to live it, to prove and to make it mine. The Bible stands, though the hills may tumble, it will firmly stand. The earth shall crumble, I will plant my feet on its firm foundation for the Bible. Amen. Brother Bo, why don't you open us in prayer, please? Amen. Please do be seated. We're going to sing number 212 now. 212. <clears throat> what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon, this I see, nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing, this my plea, nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can for sin atone, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not of good that I have done, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Very good. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, amen. Get your Bibles if you would. And uh, I am glad you all are here tonight. All right. First Peter chapter 2. And uh, I got to be honest with you, I used to, uh, when I was about 13, between 13 and 18, I worked at a drugstore. And a drugstore is what we used to have before Walmart. So for those of us who remember, amen. <laughs> and uh, they sold sundries. You guys know what sundries are? <laughs> See all. Everybody over 40 just went, uh-huh, and everybody under 40 went, uh-huh. <laughs> Sundries basically mean anything and everything. <laughs> that's exactly right. And, uh, and so uh, that's what we sold. We had a, we had a, a drug counter and everything, and, and then the candy aisle and everything. And it was always funny to me, the busiest day of the year was always Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is by far the busiest day. And you saw that if you went to any stores. I mean, they had all them flowers. I guarantee you all them flowers will be gone by the end of the day. And you want to see the happiest human being on earth is a husband that goes to the store after 5.30 and still finds flowers and candy. That's the happiest human being you'll ever see because he waited till the last minute and thought he wasn't going to get anything. But anyhow, I'm sorry. Those are just old memories. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, I, to be quite honest with you, was thinking about uh, how we've been talking about foundations of the faith, and then also really about Valentine's Day. I, I, uh, um, uh, I obviously, I'm probably not the world's biggest fan. I'm so thankful for you all being here tonight. Amen. But, um, uh, you know, this is a big day for the world, if you will. But uh, if you will, in 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies, and all evil speakings, 
As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if so be that ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they also were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak Against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Father, we do love you. We thank you for the privilege to sing your praises here tonight, for the health that we enjoy so that we can assemble here together. We do pray for those who are apart from us, Lord. You know every need, body, soul, and spirit. We just pray that you'd meet it for your will, for your glory, for their good. And Father, just uh, meet with this uh, for a time. Lord, we just uh, might understand your word, that we might apply it, that we might be challenged by it. And Father, that uh, your will just might be done in all of us here today. We do love you. And Father, we thank you that we can say that knowing that you have first loved us. Father, just bless now. We ask this all now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I uh, imagine most people, I see it looks like probably more homeschoolers here than not. And uh, I remember, uh, if you'll forgive me for just a moment, but I did go to public school, and uh, I remember Valentine's Day was a huge thing. I mean, they made a big event about it, and, and, uh, and I don't know what they do nowadays, to be quite honest with you. But I always knew it was a kind of a big deal, a big event, and, and it is a big deal and a big event. Like I said, it's one of the busier days business-wise. But uh, I just thought it'd be interesting to see who he was, if you will, if you don't know. I mean, to, for most of us, it's just a color and a, a, you know, Valentine's Day is red and you have heart-shaped everything and red and pink, I guess, if you will. But if you will, if you think about it, we've been looking at that series, The Foundation of the Faith, okay? And what is the significance? Think about it. What is the full name of Valentine's Day? Help me now. Just what's the full name of it? Saint Valentine's Day, okay? And so, if you will, just like many of our other, uh, if you will, holidays throughout the year, it's, if you will, it's from the Catholic Church, if you're not, if you're not familiar with that, because it is St. Valentine's Day. Uh, there's other uh, days that are significant. Uh, there's uh, St. Patrick's Day, and there's also one with a guy named St. Nicholas. You know that one? You guys know that one? And uh, I'm serious about that, if you think about it. Why are so many of these days, if you will integrated into our annual calendar, okay? 
As a matter of fact, we're coming up on one, and I'm, I'm not, it's not really my purpose here to talk about it, but if you will, um, uh, the way that they select Easter is it is the first Sunday after the 21st of March, okay? It's the first full moon Sunday after the 21st of March. That's how they do it, okay? And so this year it's very early. This year it's on the 31st. And uh, to be quite honest with you, that's very convenient for the Catholic Church, but it's not Passover, okay? And I want you to remember, Jesus Christ was crucified, Passover. You all understand that? And so if you will, they've taken and they've so rearranged the calendar to take and to do what? To, it's to honor them. It's, it's their means. It's their motives. It's their reasoning, okay? And so why is there a St. Valentine's Day? You say, well, so you can get candy. No, it's, it's really not. Um, I'm going to use a fancy word with you here. Uh, but uh, the word is syncretism, okay? And that's, that's a fancy word. It basically means appropriating pagan holidays for Christian purposes, okay? Meaning what? The, how, how are people supposed to get saved and join the church? Somebody talk to me, okay? How, how is a person supposed to get saved and be added to the church? You're going to say they get saved and they get added to the church, okay. <laughs> how is a person supposed to become a member of the church? Let's go that way. What's the very first requirement to be a church member? Salvation. So what's it mean to be saved? What do you have to believe to be saved? Believe the gospel? Okay, believe in Jesus Christ. The reason I ask these questions is, is guys, it might seem obvious to us. But folks, if we can't come up with a unified answer in an independent fundamental Baptist church, imagine what kind of answers you're going to get out in the world. I don't know if you've noticed here lately, there's some really disturbing things out there. Uh, one of which is a Christian prayer app. Have you guys seen it? They're advertised. They advertised it very heavily during the Super Bowl. If you saw the Super Bowl, they advertised it. And the person advertising is a man who has been in some of these, I think it's in these chosen movies. I haven't watched them, so I don't know. But he's the guy who plays Jesus. And uh, he, he comes out in the character of Jesus and tells them how that they should pray every day. And that, By the way, shouldn't y'all pray every day? Isn't that good? And so this app every day will wake you up and tell you to think about God. And then it says, in the name of the Father and the Son. Please take this the right way, but that's, that's vain repetition that God warns us about. Does he not warn us about those things? And yet you have an app here that is endorsing it and that is encouraging it. Okay. So again, I ask the question, which should seem, it should be simple for us, but I'm, I ask it for a purpose. What is necessary for a person to be a member of the church? They must first be saved, and that means what again? Believe in the gospel. Believe in the gospel. And there's any number of ways of saying it. You're, to be redeemed, to believe on Jesus, to, to trust Christ, to, uh, to, to get saved. You guys, you guys all understand that. But if you will, the, the gospel is this. The good news is this. And the good news began with Adam and Eve, and it will go until, until time is no more. But the good news is this, is that God loved you enough to make a way for you to go to heaven. And so the way he did that, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you're not familiar, verses 3 and 4, if you want to write that down, if you're not familiar. But the Bible says he died for our sins, according to the scripture. So what's that acknowledge? I'm a sinner. We're going to see here in a moment that might be a problem. Because we're living in a day where people don't want to admit they're sinners. 
So what I just said true? We're living in a day where religions are, if you will, accommodating that belief. Whereby people don't have to acknowledge that they're a sinner to be saved. Because Jesus loves everybody and Jesus doesn't hate. Well, I'm going to let you in a little secret. He hated sin enough to come and die for it. He, can't, he hated sin enough to come and die for it. And so the Bible says that he died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Amen. And so a person must believe on Jesus Christ to be saved. They must be... What did you say? Both of you said it and I didn't hear it. Born again. Okay, well, after they're born again, they must be baptized. And if you will, it's not sprinkled, or it's not some Holy Spirit baptism that takes place upon your conversion. It is a literal water baptism. Why? Because Paul tells us to be followers of him as he is of Christ. And folks, if we don't know what baptism means, uh, we're forgetting that Jesus says, baptize me. And he walked and they went into the water and they immersed him. Amen. The picture of the death, burial, and resurrection that he was going to take and do for us. And listen, he didn't need to be baptized. Remember, John the Baptist said, I, I don't need to, you don't need to be baptized. He says, suffer it so to fulfill all what? Righteousness. He says, I'm going to do it because I'm showing you the right thing to do. And by the way, it's also a picture of him identifying with our sin. How many of y'all are glad he identifies with your sin? Praise God for that. Okay. So if you will, note that we got to be saved and we got to be baptized the same way Jesus was under the water. Now, of course, he wasn't, he didn't need to be a believer. He's God. But as a believer, as a believer, doesn't that seem obvious? Uh, listen, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, one of the first most difficult things I had to do. I got a phone call one day after preaching about baptism and I looked out and every person in here, as far as I knew, was a church member. Every, every member was a church member. Every person here was a church member. And I get home and I get a phone call and said, Pastor, we got a problem. Now I got to tell you, uh, hearing those words right before dinner is not really good for digestion. <laughs> he says, we can take care of it later. I said, no, we'll take care of it now. I can't eat after hearing that. And he says, we have a problem. I said, what's the problem? He says, well, my wife was saved and she's baptized, but she got saved after she was baptized. And we just don't know what to do. I was like, well, that was easy. Amen, right? Well, just submit to scriptural baptism. Why? Because you weren't baptized the first time. Why? Because you weren't saved the first time. Amen. And so if you will, uh, then you submit to, if you will, you become a believer, you submit to scriptural baptism, and then you're joined to the church. And the Bible says, if you will, we, how do we do it? We do it by vote. What, two or three are gathered together? Okay. If, if, I don't have time to explain it, but God's in the church vote. What we bind on earth, he binds in heaven. That's what he talks about. Okay. And so that's one of the implications of that. And so the whole point is this, is that is how a person is born again and put into a church. You're not born again by saying, we just conquered your country. And now everybody in it's a Christian. And by the way, that's exactly what happened in 312 when a guy named Constantine took, and you guys have seen the in, in, in uh, Hope Vince or whatever it says, it's Latin, it says, by this sign conquer, 
Okay? And he put it on all his signs. And he put crosses on the shields. And if you will, he went from being a pagan army one day to a Christian army the next day. And every time they took and they conquered somebody, they would, well, the army, the way they baptized them is they marched them through a river. Okay? Now, please take this the right way. I don't think baptism should take place in mass. Anybody here old enough to remember the Reverend Sung Young Moon? Remember when they would have their mass weddings? And they would, they would literally marry 3,000 people in a football stadium all at once. And it, it was obviously a circus show. You guys understand that? Uh, by the way, were they really baptized when they marched through that river? No. By the way, they've also taken and baptized people by taking, and they, they, they have a little, looks like a baby rattle, except it's made out of gold, so it's a nice baby rattle. You all with me? And they fill it full of water, okay? By the way, isn't it, this is clever, Okay. But it's sad because they'll literally walk through a crowd and they'll go like this. And so everybody in that crowd just became a Christian. Now help me for a second here. Is that true? But could people take and think that they're Christians then? Yeah, but the problem is they're not. One of the words for salvation is converted. By the way, what converts whenever you get saved? What converts? There's a lot of things that get converted. Your soul gets converted, but more than anything, what, what aspect of your being? Think about it. Well, everybody's saying the parts of the, <laughs> your mind. If any man confess, and how can a person confess except you've had a change of mind? That's, that's literally the word for repentance, a change of mind that leads to a change of action. You all with me? How many of you all think that those soldiers following orders marching through a stream were born again. And so if they weren't born again, they weren't baptized and they weren't made, made members of the church. And yet every one of them just became a Catholic. You guys understand what I'm talking about? And so if you will, their, their mind never changed. And so they said, you know what? Every year we have a festival here. I forgot it's called. It's called Lucasella. Oh, it's, if that's not it. I'll, I'll tell you the right word here in a second. It's something close to that. And anybody here that knows Latin, Luca, the first part, wolf. Okay? And uh, anybody know the legend of Romulus and Remus? They were raised by a mother wolf. Okay? And so on the 15th of the Ides, the Ides of February, you guys have heard of the Ides of March, but the Ides of February, which means the middle of February, okay, Every year they took and they would sacrifice a pig and a dog and then they would take the, the flesh of the pig and they would take and they would make strips out of it and then their priest would walk through the crowd and they would, they would slap people with it, okay? Now aren't you glad that I didn't give a real illustration right there, amen? Okay? And uh, people would line up hoping that the priest would hit them with the bacon. Okay? All right? Because it was a symbol of fertility, and hopefully they would have a baby that year. And they did that on the 15th. And they said, well, we're not going to do anything on the 15th, but we'll do something on the 14th, and we'll call it St. Valentine's Day. And that is what happened with St. Valentine's Day. It literally went being, from being a Roman, uh, if you will, pagan festival called Lucasella, whatever it's called. All you're going to think of is bacon, isn't it? <laughs> okay. All right. but anyhow, 
But I just told you, if look it up for yourself, that is the historical, if you will, reference why they said, from now on, we don't celebrate, if you will, the, the celebration of the wolf mothers. That's what it means. But from now on, we're going to take and we're going to celebrate a man named St. Valentine's, who lived in the time of 270 A.D. You remember when they all became Christians? 312, okay? And so it was just a little bit after that they took and they said, well, we got a martyr that we can use, and he's St. Valentine's, and he's associated with love. Why? Because he stood up against the Roman emperor and said, you're not allowing soldiers to get married because you think soldiers fight harder when they're not married. By the way, that is a problem that the army has had from the beginning. Uh, please, I hate to share this, but I was standing in line one time, and somebody was complaining about how hard the army was on his marriage. And the guy with just a cold-blooded stare looked up at him, and he said this. I, I was there to say, if, if the army wanted you to have a wife, they would have issued you one. Okay? It's, it's a common phrase. If you're in the military, you've heard it. If the army wanted you, probably said it in the Navy, I guess. <laughs> if the army wanted you to have a wife, they would have issued you one, meaning this, that they are very anti-marriage, so much so that Valentine was executed by, I believe it was Claudius II. I believe that was the one who did it. And uh, he, he executed uh, St. Valentine, who became St. Valentine, and so mad about it that he took and dispersed his body into four different places. Uh, you guys remember in the book of uh, uh, Judges where they took and cut the woman who had been murdered into 12 pieces and, to make a point? Uh, and, and so, if you will, he became associated with love for that because he stood up for marriage. You guys understand that? And so that's how you get the two together. And then you say, let's have St. Valentine's Day, all right? For the same exact purpose as it was before, except now you get hit with strips of pork. Bacon fest, yeah. <laughs> Everything I told you is true as far as I know it, okay? The reason that Valentine's came associated with what we think of is uh, he used to write uh, notes to those prisoners, and it was says, as, as from your Valentine, from your Valentine, from your Valentine. That's where your Valentine's cards came from, okay? Now, having said all that, okay, are you getting the point? The Catholic Church says we're going to build our church by marching people through rivers, by shaking water on them, by taking all your old celebrations, and we're just going to change the name. But you can still celebrate. Y'all with me? Uh, how many of y'all know this? I'm off my notes here a little bit. How many of y'all know this? Chris, the celebrating of Christmas was illegal in America until about 1850. Okay. Why? Because it was associated with Roman paganism. It was so associated with debauchery and wickedness. And by the way, except for the Christian story, what's it associated with in our world today? Similar things. You all with me? And so if you will, my whole point is this, is, is, is that Valentine's Day, if you will, is about that syncretism where that, if you will, the man becomes the focus of the good work. What did St. Valentine's do again? He stood up for soldiers and their families. What did uh, St. Patrick do? 
Oh, man. Have I got a message for March 17th? What? He drove all the snakes out of Ireland. And I don't know if that means politicians or literal snakes. I'm not sure. Both, amen. <laughs> it's probably true. That's <laughs> true. Having said that, um, folks, they have parades. Uh, I come from Denver. St. Patrick's Day is a huge celebration in Denver. Um, and uh, if you will, and it's it all about a man who, um, anybody here old enough to remember a brother Landis? Might not be in our circle here. Brother uh, Landis, I forget his first name, but he wrote a book called St. Patrick Was a Baptist, okay? Because all these guys are mythological figures. Matter of fact, I just told you the story of St. Valentine. The only problem is I only told you one-third of the stories because there's three different St. Valentines and they all kind of mix the story. And I just didn't feel like taking the whole hour. You all understand? Uh, my whole point is this, is think about this. It all comes about, about St. Patrick, you can deliver Ireland. Um, St. Valentine is the patron saint of... Uh, I think one of them's butchers, uh, apothecaries, stuff like that. Please take this the right way. Why do you need a patron saint when you have God? You guys got my point? This all makes sense here in a second, okay? And so if you will, on February the 14th, we honor a man, St. Valentine. Please take this the right way. Who should we honor? Who is the God of love? Who loved us first? Jesus. Who makes it so that we're commanded to love our husbands and our wives? Who teaches us about love? Who should be honored because he, of love? And who is honored? St. Valentine. When it comes to March the third, uh, 17th, it's St. It's Patrick. And it's Christmas. It's St. Nick. And the problem is, is through all these things, it's the wrong person... Okay. By the way, St. Nick was famous because he was a rich person who gave his money away in little bags to poor people. Okay. And that's why he became associated with Christmas. Okay. And, and, and if you will, and so we exalt St. Valentine and St. Patrick and St. Nick. And by the way, if you don't know this, if you don't have a Catholic background, you don't know this. But a lot of Catholics in their house will have a calendar and it will have the patron saint of the day. How many saints are there? Well, there's at least one for every day. Matter of fact, there's many more than one saint for every day. Okay? And you can take and you can say, well, if I'm going to go on a journey, I need to pray to this saint. If I want to get married, I need to pray to that saint. Help me now. Who are we supposed to pray to? Okay? You see the whole point? The devil from the beginning has done all that he can to get our eyes off of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Meaning, if you go on a trip, pray to this saint. How about this? If you're going to go on a trip, you pray to Jesus. Uh, if you need health, you pray to this saint. How about this? You go and you pray to Jesus. Amen? Uh, I think I've told you this before. If you guys ever visit Catholic hospitals, quite often they'll have uh, statues in the wall. Okay? Every... every room will have a crucifix 
okay, with Christ on the cross. By the way, I hate to say it, but I have to say it. Is Jesus still on the cross? No, okay. But the other thing is, I can't, they're called cupolas or something like that. Somebody, anybody know? Cupolas, that's, I'm, I'm saying the wrong word, but that's close enough, okay? You guys ever seen the shrines in Catholics' backyards? That's essentially what they are. Those are grottos. They call those grottos, okay? But anyhow, they have this one at, uh, it's called Mercy now. It used to be called St. John's, okay? And above it, it says, it says, Mary, pray for us. And I'm not into uh, graffiti, but I always wanted to put, I think it's Second uh, Timothy 1.5 or whatever. I get the verse wrong. There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And folks, my whole point is this, is, is the devil from the beginning has always been trying to take the focus from God, from the seed, from Jesus the Savior, and either put it on man or an institution. By the way, Liberty Baptist Church, can I say this? I stand by Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church can't save one soul. Not one. Okay? And so the devil is always trying to get you to focus on the wrong thing. Do you understand that? And so when, you, when we think about this, and we think about these days, and we think about the foundation of our society, and how we build up men, and, and how we have built up these saints, and saints really are often just Christian martyrs that are used to take the place of old pagan traditions. That's all they've done. Okay? By the way, I, I do believe, just because I read that book, that St. That Patrick, if you will, St. Patrick, I hate to call him that. By the way, do you have any saints in here today? Four of us. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're a saint. Amen. You're a set-apart one. Amen. By the way, please take this the right way, and this is the way to understand a saint. This one's mine. Help me now. Anything make you special because Jesus said this one's mine? The only thing that made you special is the fact he said this one's mine. Amen. And so it ought to all be about him. Okay, so I already told you about all that. Um, the thing that all these traditions have in common is that their piety, okay, listen now because this is the important application for us, led to men honoring them and not Christ. What was the problem between Cain and Abel's sacrifice? They both made sacrifices, okay? And if you will, the difference was, is Abel's sacrifice brought attention to the sacrifice, okay? He had to shed the blood. The innocent had to die for the guilty. And it was the picture that was given to them in the Garden of Eden. You understand that? What did Cain's sacrifice bring attention to? Okay? And so please take this the right way. If you're going to take and build on the foundation, when you get done, people can't go, wow, you have a great church. Wow, you've built a wonderful Sunday school class. Wow, you have a great family. You must be tremendous parents. Do you all understand? Because the problem with it is, 
is it's doing the same thing that the church has done. It's taken virtuous men. They did good things. They were virtuous men. They did good things. But the problem is, is instead of taking and giving all the glory and all the praise to God, okay, they gave it to man. i be quite honest with you, I think these people would be shamed if they knew what the church has done to them. How many of y'all think Mary would be ashamed knowing what the church has done to her? Having people pray to her and she said, no, I'm a sinner. I needed to be saved like everybody else. Amen. And so if you will. So if you will, let's go back to our text now and let's think about this proper foundation because the Bible describes it. Okay. First Peter chapter two, excuse me, look at verse three. First Peter chapter two, verse three. And the Bible says, uh, If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Okay, well notice the first thing about our foundation. The Bible says in verse 4 that he was rejected by men. Okay, he was rejected by men. Who, who rejected him? We know this. But the, he came unto his own and his own Received him not. And so the nation of Israel rejected him. We'll not have this man to, to rule over us, okay? And um, it sounds silly, but I want you to try to think of the construction that he's talking about here. Because he talks about Jesus in two forms as a foundation. We'll see this here in just a second, okay? But the Bible says here at the second part of verse 4 that God chose him. God chose him. You remember when, Jesus, when God the Father said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, hear ye him. Okay, if you will, he, he's making him that foundation. He's making him that, that solid and stable place, okay? And, and so the Bible says in verse 6 now, look at verse 6. The Bible says here, it says that he is the chief cornerstone, okay? Uh, chapter 2, verse 6, the Bible says, Whereunto, uh, Wherefore, excuse me, also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion... Help me now, what's Zion? It says Zion. You can say Zion, Zion. What's another name for it? Jerusalem. But here's the deal. Zion is usually associated with Jerusalem when Jesus is sitting as king. Okay? And so if you will, Zion is that heavenly Jerusalem. That when he's going to rule not just on the earth, but he's going to rule for all eternity. And so, if you will, Zion and Zion is usually a metaphor for when it's talking about Jesus sitting on the throne, amen. And by the way, this wonderful city comes down from God. I want everybody to just imagine for a second what that city looks like. What's the shape of it? Because the Bible tells us, okay? The Bible tells us. By the way, just anybody, what's the shape of the city? Four square. That's exactly right. But it also says, there's, we'll show you here in a second. It's also four square but it's also as high as it is square, okay? So, some people think a cube, okay? But some people think a triangle, all right? Now, I'm getting ahead of myself here a little bit, but I will tell you, I think a triangle, and it's because of this verse right here. In verse 6, the Bible says he is the chief cornerstone. Now, I don't know if anybody here has ever studied the pyramids, but the pyramids are fascinating. There's a lot of reasons why the pyramids are fascinating, Anybody that says they understand the pyramids is lying to themselves. There's some interesting facts, but how to tie them together. Unless God tells us, I don't think we're going to know, okay? But we do know a couple things. Is it is aligned 
all three of the big ones are aligned, if you've ever seen it, okay? And I'm not going to get into the weeds on this, but the trueness of the stones that are laid in those pyramids is beyond our capability even today. Meaning that some of them are so tightly joined, okay? I mean, literally, you're talking about a hairbreadth uh, dimension difference, okay? Very tight, very tight tolerances, I guess is the word I'm looking for, okay? And when they lay a pyramid, the very first one that they lay is right there in verse 6, the chief cornerstone, okay? Now, these things are big, huge rocks, okay? And no doubt they prepared a foundation or however, whatever they did, but whenever they came to set that first stone, they set that first stone, and I'm telling you, I don't know how long it took to, to lay all the others, but I guarantee you that stone took the longest to lay. Why? Because it had to be absolutely, first off, perfect dimensions, okay? By the way, it had to be examined over and over and over to know it was perfect. Help me now. Was Jesus examined to the point that we know he's perfect? Folks, uh, 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 um, Pontius Pilate, I find no fault in the man. Can I ask you a question? Was he motivated to find a fault? Anybody here ever been asked to judge something? I showed up at a car show one time. They said, you want to judge cars? I'm like, I like the green one. <laughs> okay. But uh, have you guys ever seen guys that know what they're looking for? I mean, they'll look to make sure the bolts are rotated right, and they'll make sure this is fit just right. If anybody knows what they're talking about, amen? And folks, they were looking for anything to find an imperfection in Jesus, and nobody could find one. Everybody was motivated to find one, and they couldn't. Folks, whenever they put that chief cornerstone down, it was perfect, and then it was perfectly aligned. I don't I, I'm not going to lay all the fancy math because, to be quite honest with you, I don't understand the fancy math. But let's put it this way. They talk about how perfectly straight it's aligned according to some meridian or something like that. And then you can take and you can literally measure off that stone, every other stone in the pyramid, because it is so perfectly aligned. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is our chief cornerstone. Now, please get a hold of this. What happens if that chief cornerstone is off by just as much? Huh? Oh, not really. I bet we could build it like that. It'd be uneven. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's got a good point. By the way, anybody seen? I, I've never been. Anybody here ever been to the pyramids? Nobody. Well, let's start a fun. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Uh, anybody here who's a woodworker knows this. Any, anybody who builds or does anything, if you're off a sixteenth of an inch here, and then an, a quarter, then a three-eighths, and by the time you get to the end of the room, somehow you're eight inches off. And you're like, what, what in the world? Everybody here's got the point, okay? And I tell you what the problem was, you didn't get this right. Folks, we're living in a world today The people are basically saying this, Jesus will never judge you for your sin. Jesus is accepting of everybody. Jesus doesn't care if you're homosexual. Well, help me for a second. Is homosexuality a sin? Yes, sir. If you don't think it is, go read Leviticus chapter 18. I think it's pretty clear. I think if you read Romans chapter 1, it's pretty clear. 
It's a sin. So it really doesn't matter what you think about sin. But I'll tell you what, if you tell people, well, Jesus doesn't care about your sin. Folks, Jesus died for your sin. Well, he, he wouldn't die for that sin. He died for every sin. Even hypocrisy. Come on now. Lying? Well, I don't lie. I only tell little white lies. Still lie. Especially if it starts here. Well, Jesus didn't really raise from the dead. Well, Jesus only died for the redeemed. And guys, pretty soon you go to a church and they're preaching about a Jesus that you don't even know who they're talking about. Do y'all understand? And my whole point is this, is, is some people might be good intentions. Oh, it's no big deal, St. Patrick's Day. And there's no big deal, St. Valentine's Day. And, and listen, I'm not coming here to preach against those things. I'm just telling you that if you get a little bit off, it's amazing how off that you can get. Because Jesus Christ is that chief cornerstone. But then look at verse 7. It describes him as another type of cornerstone. In, uh, in verse 7, the Bible says this. It says, Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the, what's the Bible say? Head of the corner. Now, folks, I, I believe that's a different type of cornerstone. Now, none of us here has ever seen the pyramid for real. None of us have. What's the, what's the, what is the pyramid of Giza or whatever they call it today? What's it look like? But it goes like this, right? Right? Yeah. Okay. Does anybody know what it looked like originally? I'm sorry? Some of it was. Some of it was. Maybe all of it. Maybe all of it, yeah. It was smooth. It had limestone on the top that was polished limestone. Okay? And if you guys have never worked with rocks, you can take limestone, polish it pretty much to a mirror finish. I mean, you polish it right, and if they're going to do all that work, how many of y'all think they probably got it right? Okay, and if you will, instead of it being like this, every one of those like this was finished off with a perfectly smooth stone, okay? And uh, if I, my understanding is, and, and it could be different, but it was the white limestone, okay? That's my understanding, all right? But, uh, it, and it would have a perfectly smooth surface, by the way, no hiking then, <laughs> I, I don't know about you. I'm really tempted to want to hike the. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> I just, I, but you, you're not going to hike that. And folks, at the very top is what he talked about, would be that capstone, and it was made of gold, solid gold, as far as my my understanding is. And so the very top piece was like this. Okay, now help me now. How many of y'all think if that stone's going to fit? that this side better be straight and this angle better be 90. Come on now. And this straight and 90 so that when they get to the very top and they put that capstone and wouldn't that be awful? You get it right here and it just, it just doesn't fit. Okay. Y'all with me? Well, folks, please take this the right way. There's some wonderful words in the Bible. 
and some of the theology and some of the things that are being taught today. By the way, did God ever one time tell us to pray in the name of the Father, the Son? Well, yeah, you're supposed to pray that way, but where'd this all come from? Well, you, all you got to do is look into paganism. You'll find all this stuff, okay? God never ordered that stuff. Matter of fact, we can come boldly into the throne room of God and pray to the Father by the invitation or the enabling of God the Son and with the understanding and ability by the Holy Spirit. True? Okay? And so as a believer, we can come boldly into the presence of God and we can pray to God. Amen? And we don't need to have somebody else pray for us. We don't have to have somebody else forgive our sins for us. Why? Because if we confess our sins, he, okay, and that's the God. The problem is we live in a world today. When you say Christian, what do most people think of? Catholics. I want to say that again. But when you say Christian, what do most people think of? Come on. I guarantee you, anytime they take a survey, they're thinking Catholics. Anytime they're taking a census, by and large, we come under what is called evangelicals. How many of you all feel like you're an evangelical? We're evangelical in the sense that we take the gospel to the whole world. But we're not evangelical. They just don't know where else to put us. Why? Because we're such a small group. You guys get it? Meaning what? When most people think of Christianity, they think of all that confusion. Because the cornerstone got twisted. Amen. And God tells us, he says this, you better be very careful how you build on that cornerstone. Do you realize that we're part of the building? The Bible says in verse 9, you see what the Bible says, we're lively stones. You all see that? And so if you will, Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. The Bible says the apostles are the foundation. Okay. And then we are added to the church, if you will, as lively stones. You see that? Is it verse 9? Did I give you the right verse? Verse 5, verse 5. Okay, we're added to the church as lively stones, meaning we're living stones. We're, we're born again. We're, we're, we're alive in Christ. Y'all understand that? And we're added to the body. Please take this the right way. Based on that cornerstone. Well, how do you become a church member? Well, how did Jesus become a church member? Jesus is a church member, guys. He's the head of the church. The same way, he says, suffer it to be so now. I'm getting baptized because I'm going to tell everybody else to be baptized. Amen. Well, what kind of baptism are you talking about? Are you talking about Holy Spirit baptism or are you talking about water baptism? Well, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, there's only one baptism. You choose. But here's what I'm going to go with. Since Jesus was water baptized, I'm going to go with water baptism. Amen. Okay. And so my whole point is this. It keeps taking, and Jesus says, you set that stone right and then you be very careful how you build. Don't put unsaved people in your church. Please take this the right way. You look and say, we would never do that. <laughs> Others would. Many churches offer communion to lost people knowingly every Sunday. And yet, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that if you eat and drink of this unworthily, many sleep, die, gone. Okay? God says this. He says, if you're going to build on my foundation, don't do it for your glory. Don't do it for your name. 
Do it for my glory. Do it for my name. Do it according to me as that chief cornerstone. I'm out of time, but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, be careful how you build on the foundation. And make sure that you do it with gold and silver and precious stones. Is that what the Bible says? And make sure it's not wood, hay, and stubble. And can I just say this? My definition of those things, easy definitions, uh, gold, silver, and precious stones, all give glory to Christ. Wood, hay, and stubble is where somebody says, I don't know why, but I've been thinking about this a lot this week. But there's a lot of people in this world that don't do anything unless they take a picture of them doing it. Why? They're trying to get praise or acclaim. Or, and by the way, God says it this way, you have your reward. You have your reward. Okay? I, I, I've, I've gone too long, but folks, get in there and see we need to do it according to God. We need to do it for His glory. Why? Because someday there's going to be a whole bunch of people there. And remember where he also says this? The first shall be last and the last shall be first. And all those people that you thought were just something on earth. Wow, they did all this. And God's going to say, yeah, they got theirs. But here's, here's what we're not going to see. Is the people who do things behind the scenes for the glory of God only. God's still got something to give them. Amen. And the whole idea is this. I didn't do that to get any credit. I did that to give God the glory. Amen. Folks, we need to be careful how we build on that foundation. And I think this holiday just kind of bears that out just a little bit. Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege to open your word. Strengthen.